are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about on today's episode of the show. The University of Louisville volleyball team, number one in the country for the first time in program history. We're going to talk about how the team got there, some key statistics, and the final five regular season games of this season. So then we'll transition to the University of Louisville football, where the team is coming off of a 30-24 to heartbreaking loss to the Clemson Tigers on Saturday evening. All of the attention now shifts to Syracuse, 12 o'clock kickoff at Cardinal Stadium on this upcoming Saturday. I want to discuss what the team needs to improve or continue to improve on as they gear toward that matchup with the Orange. And then finally, we will transition into basketball. The University of Louisville men's basketball team opening up the 2021-22 campaign tonight against Southern. That is a 9 o'clock tip at Cardinal Stadium. I want to give out some preseason awards like Team MVP, Team Newcomer of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, etc. So before we get into the content of today's show, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. For those who are not aware of who I am, I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a football beat writer. Also do some various PNAS work for the university. You can follow my Twitter at dpence underscore. And the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. So let's get right on into the show. Like I mentioned, the University of Louisville volleyball team, number one in the country for the first time in program history. The team had been continually setting new heights as the season went on, getting uh, number three, number two, and number one. All three were respectively the first time the program has reached that height in its existence. And now the team is up at the top due to number one Texas losing to number 10 Baylor on Saturday afternoon. So the Cardinals are now the last remaining undefeated team in the country. 23-0. They have only dropped nine sets on the year. They do have some big time matches still left in the five regular season games remaining. Um, but I want to talk about how the team got here because, you know, it, it's not necessarily a matter of Oh, Louisville really hasn't played anybody. You know, they're 23-0. Are they legit? You know, no one at this point should be questioning whether or not Louisville is legit or not, considering the fact that they have beaten five top 10 teams. I mean, you go back to the win against Kentucky, and at that point it seemed like, you know, one of the biggest wins in program history, and maybe it was. But then they went on to beat Nebraska on the road. I mean, they beat Pittsburgh in five. You know, going down the line, they beat Georgia Tech. They beat Purdue. Whoever has stood in their way, they've taken down. And I think that that's one of the reasons why you see this team being 23-0 and and not getting beat by, you know, whether it be key opposition or even some inferior opponents. And that's because this is a team that stays grounded in the moment. You know, when I did the um, interview for CardinalSportsZone.com with uh, Tori Dilfer and Amaya Tillman, you know, Amaya made a, a comment that I look back on and I kind of pinpoint why Louisville is so successful this year 
and that is, you know, we respect every single opponent we play. It doesn't matter what conference they're in. It doesn't matter their record. Um, we're going to get their best game, so why shouldn't they get our best game? That's kind of their mentality, and I think that's one of the driving factors as to why you've seen this Louisville team not drop a match against a team that they're not supposed to like some other teams in the country. But there's a couple statistics that really show and epitomize just how dominant this team is, but not only how dominant, just overall how efficient they are as well. And I come back to you know those two words, dominant and efficient, and they work hand in hand. You know they are fourth nationally in hitting percentage, swinging at a .304 average, and that should surprise no one. I mean this is one of the best, most balanced attacks in the country. Like I've mentioned on previous episodes, this is not a team that necessarily has one go-to star but more so just a handful of players that they can go to to get points. I mean, we talk about Anna DeBeer, who leads the team in kills. She has a ferocious swing. You have Claire Chausse, you have Ico Jones, and in the middle you have Amaya Tillman, you have Anna Stevenson. There are a handful of players that Tori Dilfer can go to and go get points consistently, and that is the beauty of this offense is just how well-balanced they are. And I think that it serves to their advantage because I, I think in turn that makes it hard for the opposition to game plan against Louisville because you don't necessarily know where Tori Dilfer is going to go. I mean, she basically told me, you know, she said, hey, look, we go to the hot hand. You know, sometimes it's at random. Really, it's just a matter of what they're seeing from the defense, you know, game planning before the match. And that, that really puts the opposition at a disadvantage just considering the fact that you're at the mercy of, okay, we're going to have to game plan for about four or five attackers and, and really go at it that way. But, you know, looking at the defensive side of things, this is kind of where I'm most impressed because, you know, we talk about how nuclear this Louisville offense can be and how deadly they are in the attacking sense. But defensively, they are extremely solid. They're ninth in the country in opponents hitting percentage. Opponents are only swinging at a .142 average. That is incredible. Um, and then you have a third nationally in blocks per set, 2.87. You know, that is Amaya Tillman. That's Anna Stevenson. That's Ico Jones. That's Tori Dilfer. You know, anyone up at the net. Yeah, I made the comment um, a couple weeks ago that two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. The other third is covered by the cardinal defense. And I truly believe that. I mean, I, yes, it's it's hyperbolic. But at the same time, like, the defense at the net is superb. And behind them, you have Elena Scott. You have Alexa Hendricks. You have, you know, Tori Dilfer, Anna DeBeer. You know, all these players are good in terms of keeping the ball off the ground, receiving serves. And that, you know, that's it's there's not one weakness in this Louisville defense. And, you know, going one further, there's really not one weakness on this Louisville team in general. I, I keep coming back to this term balanced because, you know, the, I think that that perfectly summarizes how this team plays. I mean, they don't do, I, I mean, I think they do a lot of things great, but there's not one thing that stands out is what I'm getting to. You know, you can talk about the, the great attack, but when you talk about the great attack, you have to talk about the great defense at the net. And when you talk about the great defense at the net, you have to talk about how Louisville is, you know, making it really tough for opponents to swing because even when it does get past that first line of defense, you have, you know, a libero and Elena Scott. You have a defensive specialist in Alexa Hendricks. You know, you have some outside hitters that are really good, you know, receiving serves and receiving, you know, 
attacks. So at the end of the day, it's a, just a matter of you know efficiency, in my opinion. I think that that's kind of what gets overlooked. Yes, we can talk about how dominant this team is, but why are they so dominant? Yes, they you know swing ferociously. They you know, have a lot of athleticism, especially up around the net. But they're extremely efficient, and I think that's you know the biggest telltale sign of why this team is so successful. That is because of the overall efficiency of this team. Five remaining regular season matches left to go. A big one this Friday at LNM Federal Credit Union Arena. The Cards will host number 14 Georgia Tech, who they beat 3-0 in Atlanta back in the earlier parts of the season. Since that match, the Yellow Jackets have won 10 straight, so they're coming in to the Derby City on a big-time hot streak. That will be an interesting match to pay attention to. So do yourselves a favor. Go attend this match. Go check this team out. That is a 7 o'clock first serve at LNN Federal Credit Union Arena down on the University of Louisville campus. So now I want to transition over back into the football side of things, continuing to talk about the a University of Louisville football loss against Clemson 30-24 to over the weekend and the overall takeaways from that matchup. Before we get into the improvements that I want to see from the cards as they head into the matchup with Syracuse, let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic, you need to hear about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love it and I know you will too. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world while offering all of the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. So basically, here's how it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's literally just you versus the projected numbers. One of the coolest features I think PrizePix has is allowing mixed sports entries. So, for example, you can take the over on Steph Curry and combine that with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Be sure to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, so we are discussing what needs to improve for the Louisville football team as they gear up toward a Saturday noon matchup with the Syracuse Orange. That game will feature Lamar Jackson's number retiring. We've already seen the number eight that is going to be on the field toward, I believe it's the 25-yard line on opposite sides. So, but when you focus on Clemson specifically and the improvements that need to come from just this matchup, I mean, there really aren't that many. And I think that that kind of summarizes the season as a whole is outside of the matchup against Mississippi and maybe NC State, the three losses outside of that. I mean, you talk about Wake Forest, you talk about um, – Virginia, and then you talk about Clemson, it's really just a matter of doing the little things, right? And that can be really cliche and hard to overall assess because, you know, it's not necessarily easy to pinpoint those reasons because when you look at how the offense and defense are playing, you know, at week, uh, what is this, week 10 of the respective season, you know, Louisville's offense has gotten better 
as the season progressed. I mean, we talked about this team after week two, and the offense really wasn't able to impose their will. That has changed. The offense as a whole has improved. I mean, the offensive line has been really solid in terms of pass protection and opening up holes for the running back committee. Malik Cunningham has been light years better than he was at the beginning of the season. Yes, he's had a couple performances that he probably would wish he could have back, like the one against NC State. But ultimately, I think that he has really been the MVP of this offense. And not to mention the past five games for the Cards, the team has rushed for over 200 yards in the past five contests. So the rushing attack, as people wanted to see become more definitive and um, really start to establish throughout the season, I mean, it's it's happening. I mean, whether it's Malik Cunningham running for big-time numbers, whether it's Trevion Cooley running for over 100 yards, Jalen Mitchell, Hassan Hall in some situations. I mean, the rushing attack has been very successful. The offensive line, a big part of that as well. And then Malik Cunningham has continued to step his game up. I feel like the receiving core has done you know, pretty solid for the most part. I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge how the receiving core is doing assessing the quarterback play. I, I feel like cohesiveness is the main issue and consistency because there's times where, you know, Louisville can absolutely march down the field and, you know, do it very well. And then there's other times where they'll go three and out and it's, you know, just a lackluster drive. And every, I, I get it. You know, every program has those. So it's kind of nitpicking to say, okay, yeah, every single drive Louisville should be going down and scoring. I mean, I'm not naive to say that that is always going to be the case. Even the best offense in college football history, 2019 LSU, never scored on every single drive. Although they probably made it close in games. So, um, but ultimately, you know, I get it. You know, it, it's hard to find ways to improve, you know, when your offense has continued to improve. Um, I, I would think that it's really geared towards the overall execution aspect of things. Um, not getting complacent in the fourth quarter. I feel like this team plays really well for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, for whatever reason, they've had some issues holding on to leads. And I don't necessarily think that there is an underlying problem, you know, a consistent problem that leads to these fourth quarter debacles. It's more of, you know, different issues popping up at different times. I mean, you know, focus on the Wake Forest game, for example. You know, this was a, a game where Louisville had to battle back. I believe they were down 10 at one point in the third quarter, and they were able to battle back. But you look back to the first and second quarters, there was an opportunity. Louisville up seven. They were driving, and a, a drive stalled due to, I, I think, you know, Evan Conley coming in to throw the ball or you know something like that. It, it's, it's been a while, and my memory is getting a little foggy. But there were opportunities in that first half for Louisville to really put that game away, and they just didn't do so. It was more so the execution aspect of things, and then Wake Forest came back. Um, Virginia was you know being stagnant on offense, being conservative with the play calling. I think they only threw the ball a couple times in that fourth quarter. Um, when it came to the defensive side of things, it looked like you know it was you know rush three, drop eight, and Brandon Armstrong was just you know picking the defense apart. And the Cavaliers came back, so you can say it's you know con being conservative on both sides of the ball could be the key contributor to losing that game. And then you focus on the one from this past weekend at Clemson. It's kind of an interesting situation because if Malik Cunningham goes out, I think that Louisville goes up by 14 at the one drive in which they got a field goal in the third quarter. And it would have been hard for the Clemson defense to continually stop that offense that had seemingly found its momentum. But when Malik went out, the momentum obviously shifted. And overall, the Louisville defense 
was not able to hold them much longer. Clemson, 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, ended up winning 30-24. to But the Cardinals did have the opportunity to go down and win this game on the goal line. Um, Scott Satterfield mentioned in his press conference on Monday that he wasn't able to sleep thinking about those, you know, four goal line called plays. And I, I think that, you know, it's just a matter of execution when it boils down to it and not being complacent that you have to stay on the gas for four quarters. And, you know, unfortunately, the brutal aspect of college football is you could play, you know, the majority, the overwhelming majority of the game really well, but you have, you know, one drive in which you don't necessarily, you know, play to your expectations, and that could be the drive that costs you the game. So, you know, we mentioned the little things, you know, improving the little things. Well, what do the little things look like? I mean, you, Dalton, you can sit up here and say, oh, the little things, the little things. But until you can truly define what those are, you can't really improve them. You can't go to your team by, okay, team, let's improve the little things. You know, the little things, in my opinion, are, are the small things that, you know, by themselves might not be, you know, too much of an issue if they're not executed on, but when added up, and combined, they can really pose a threat to you know winning a football game. I mean, that is winning the f- field position battle. That is winning the turnover battle. Being disciplined, you know, taking care of the ball. Um, being disciplined in terms of penalties. I mean, there's been penalties that have hurt the Cards, you know, in these losses. Um, you can pinpoint, you know, play calling, not getting conservative in terms of you know offensive play calling, defensive play calling, but you know playing your style. I feel like uh, the prefit defense, uh, regardless of you know level, isn't necessarily all that successful, and it's just a matter of limiting the big time play as well. You know, limiting the chunk yard plays and making an offense work for it. it. It's you know it comes down to a matter of execution at the end of the day. You know, you can try to focus on the little things in practice, but it's just all about coming out and executing them. And, you know, it's it's easier said than done. I understand that it's easier said than done trying to improve these small aspects of the game. But when you can collectively get better in terms of the mental aspect of it and, you know, the execution portion, that's when you're able to start putting these games away. So we'll see how that will turn out against Syracuse, what adjustments are made, especially in the latter parts of this game. But uh, we will have all of the preview coverage for that matchup here on the Locked On Louisville podcast throughout the week. I want to finish the show talking a little Louisville basketball. The team opens up their season tonight against Southern, 9 o'clock tip-off in the KFC Yum Center. I'm going to give out some preseason awards to some of the players, and I'm talking, you know, MVP, Newcomer of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved, etc. Before we talk about that, I want to talk about our friends at Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKED ON. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. So now we are talking about the preseason player awards that I have to give out. I want to start 
with the team MVP. Now, there's a couple different parameters that will go into the decision-making of this award. Some of it will be based upon statistics. Some of it will be based upon the eye test, just the overall importance to the team and you know how much this is going to affect you know the team in general in terms of overall personal play. This award is going to Jalen Withers. I talked a couple weeks ago about how I feel that Jalen Withers is the one Cardinal that has the opportunity to be on the all ACC first team. You know, he goes from being a redshirt freshman to growing two inches and making the all ACC newcomer first team. He's a guy that came in in his first true season and almost averaged a double double. I get that this is going to be you know, a more balanced rotation. Malik Williams is now back for the start of the season. Um, he only played a couple games last year. Uh, but I think that that actually bodes well for Jalen in year two of his respective career. And that is because, you know, now he's playing at his natural position as a stretch big, um, as a potential guy that can, you know, play outside like he's used to and not being forced to man the middle in the absence of Malik Williams. And then not to mention, no David Johnson, no Carly Jones. So this team desperately needs a number one scoring option. I know that a balanced rotation isn't necessarily going to open up that much possibility. You know, there's plenty of shots to go around in this fast-paced offense. I think that Jalen Withers is going to step up to lead the Cardinals in scoring. I think that his game is going to be taken to the next level. We're going to see him improve his ball handling and overall feel for the game. But one thing is for certain, I love the possible two-man game between him and Malik Williams. I think that Malik is another player that could fit into this conversation, but just the overall skill set that Withers brings to the table, I think is too good to pass up you know, for this award. So Jalen Withers, the team MVP, the newcomer of the year. This is one you could go a couple different ways with. I'm going to go Noah Locke. I think that he's going to play an instrumental role on this team as not only a shooter, but also maybe a secondary facilitator and secondary scoring option as a whole. I liked what I saw in the scrimmage, the two scrimmages against uh, Kentucky State and West Georgia. It's very evident that the range is there. I mean, this is a guy that averaged over 10 points per game at Florida, a seasoned veteran that has you know played some big time ball against some big time teams. I think that veteran leadership is going to be leaned upon, especially as this team goes into conference play. So I'm interested to see how he plays tonight against Southern. You know, if there is another player that has the opportunity to lead this team in scoring, I think Noah Locke has to be, you know, the second option outside of Jalen Withers. Not only, you know, having a guy that can shoot it from deep in catch and shoot situations, but also, you know, stepping into shots, creating his own three. But also one of the aspects of his games that it is going to be, you know, focused on a lot is going to be his overall ability to create, you know, using his left hand and driving to the basket and creating offense for others. I think that that's going to be one of the more underrated aspects of his skill set. And for me, he takes the newcomer of the year. One of the guys that I had envisioned to be in that newcomer of the year conversation that I'm giving the defensive player of the year preseason award to is Jared West, the Marshall transfer, all-time steals leader for the Thundering Herd. You're one of the best um, players defensively in the conference the past two years we saw it in the first two exhibition games you know the defensive identity that jared west has 
you know, being you know a pesky defender, not the biggest guy, but he's very pesky. You know, he has quick hands. You know, he's very good in terms of footwork, so he's hard to blow by. He has a very good understanding of the overall defensive concept that the um, Louisville Cardinals are trying to run. And I'm glad that you know Chris Mack is allowing the team to press more this year. I think that that's going to bode well for Jared West and keeping him in his element. Overall, I think he's going to set the tone in terms of the defense top to bottom and not to mention his leadership in that category and just his leadership in general I think is going to bode well being a vocal leader on the defense having a a floor general on that end of the court is really going to speak volumes for the Cardinal defense I think that this is going to be a better team than it was last year and overall I think it's going to be because of you know vocal leaders like Jared West so all right so moving on to the final award which is the most improved player of the year this is what I kind of went back and forth with I'm not gonna lie I wasn't necessarily sure uh, there were a couple players that came to mind I thought Samuel Williamson was a player that could be considered you have uh, JJ trainer who is another one that showed glimpses last year of the player he can be I mean Jalen Withers fits into this category but in my opinion this award goes to Dre Davis As a true freshman last year, averaged 7.4 points per game, 3.2 rebounds per game, just over an assist per game. Um, It kind of, you know, played better, you know, in the beginning of the season. Didn't necessarily shoot the ball all that well last year. I think that this is the year where we're going to see him take a big step. You know, it's kind of really based upon the eye test because statistically speaking, we might not see a big rise in statistics just because of how balanced this rotation is as a whole. There's a lot of guys that are going to get minutes and that might take away, you know, the opportunity to score, you know, 13, 14, 15 points per game across three to four guys. So I think that Dre Davis is going to be the most improved player. Just his overall, you know, three point shooting is going to improve his shot selection, um, handling the basketball. You know, Chris Mack said in the preseason press conferences that, you know, Dre Davis has been one of the more impressive guys on the team. You know, he's you know made some strides in his overall development and, you know, he's going to be a guy that contends for that starting spot. He started over Samuel Williamson in the first exhibition game against Kentucky State. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to start over Sam, you know, to start the season. But, you know, just the fact that he's in that conversation just shows how good that Dre Davis has been getting over the summer, over the offseason. He has very solid basketball IQ. He has a great feel for the game. Very solid defender. Now, if he improves that three-point shot, his ball handling, there is no telling what his ceiling is. So, just a reminder, Louisville opens up the season tonight, 9 o'clock tip against Southern in the KFC Yum Center. Going to be very interesting to see this team in action for the first time. Without Chris Mack at the helm, Mike Pegues is the interim head coach for the next, maybe not interim, but acting head coach for the next six games as Chris Mack serves that suspension. So before we wrap up the end of the show, I want to first give a couple of shout outs to a handful of different podcasts. First, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. That recent episode was released on Sunday evening. You can find that at cardinalsportszone.com. Also want to give a quick shout out to the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. There's no better way to get all of your conference news, whether that be football or basketball, than following that podcast, whether on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.